Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome. I am Nicole VZ and you know everything. This is a podcast series for big believers in new world business, a fun term that I've coined because I think there is a dramatic and significant shift happening in business. And I'm not just talking about the, the fall of commercial banking systems and the rise of digital currencies and how that's going to affect everything. I believe that we are fundamentally evolving in the ways that we exchange and value each other. And no one is feeling that more than business owners, startup founders, CEOs, entrepreneurs, creatives, my solopreneur builders and believers out there who are bravely bringing their brilliance to market. And the fundamental, potentially most crucial skill that any one of you needs to be successful is negotiating. And it is such a loaded word. I think it's gotten a really bad rap. I'm going to have to ask you to stop watching Succession <laughs> TV show on HBO it's about billionaire media conglomerates. Definitely a nod to um, the Australian uh, Murdochs, but I digress as per usual. We get so afraid of negotiating because we think there is going to be a winner and a loser and we don't want to be the loser, but that's where we are going to throw everything you think about negotiating out the window. Because here's the thing, my friend, if it's not a win-win-win for everybody, y'all are fucked. Anybody who has walked away from a negotiation, a conversation, a debate, a discussion where they feel like they've lost, those repercussions bring down everybody's success ongoing. Like that boulder dropped into the puddle, <laughs> the ripples, the, the waves that crash are unpredictable and damaging. So my goal at everything new world business and everything 21st century CEO coaching and support and bringing all of these ideas and these musings to you is to help you orient towards not just a future that inspires you and seduces you, but different ways of potentially thinking, working, feeling, and engaging in old world business because it's broken. And again, I'm not just talking about capitalism and colonialism. I mean, the answers to that are obvious. We will forever and always need to exchange with each other. That's what's so beautiful about Web3 and crypto is it gives us a means of instantly directly without gatekeepers and conglomerates and middlemen taking pieces of it or telling us how to do it. Grant, all of that's a very hot debate right now. And ultimately what we're doing forever and always is simply negotiating this exchange, this value. You are negotiating the time you're giving me right now. I've negotiated the information that I want to share with that. And hopefully we're reach reaching a mutual agreement. Might feel a little one-sided right now because you're getting all this for nothing. But I, I know that's going to pay off in dividends. Just kidding. I actually, I love doing this. If you've ever spent any time with me, the talking is real. <laughs> if there's one thing I'm known for, it's, it's telling people something they might not already know and never knew they needed to. So let's talk about how to make every negotiation a win. The first step is just recognizing it is not going to be a lose. I think... That's oversimplifying it for sure. So what I'm going to hope to do today is offer you again, some guideposts, some potential strategies. It's never for me to tell you what to do. It is always for you to figure out what feels like 
something that could be cool, test it and get back to me. Hello at NicoleBZ.com. Join the Discord container. Link is below. It is free. But let's commiserate. Let's connect. Let's ideate and keep this discussion going. I I get why negotiating is intimidating. Oh, there's another thing I wanted to share with you, actually. I created a Building Better Boundaries for People Pleasers. Y'all might be the ones struggling the most with negotiating. And there's going to be a lot of reasons for that. I cannot unpack all of the trauma and history that you have been through in this moment. But I do that regularly and consistently with all of my clients. And recognizing just that you're afraid. And then what it is that you're afraid of, I'm going to suggest losing. <laughs> not getting what you want, feeling fucked after the negotiation. That's the first step, right? Just simply bring awareness to how you're feeling about it. What we've been trained and programmed to believe is there is a binary. There is an either or. There is a loser and then there's a not loser. And I believe when we move out of that either or thinking, we evolve into multiple opportunities. And I would love for you to prove to me any single time conversation, situation, negotiation that only had one of two options. I would argue, my friend, till I die, that there is always a multiple choice. And if we cannot see it in this moment, it's simply because we're getting way too emotional. We have no awareness around where we're at. We're making assumptions or telling ourselves stories or vilifying whomever it is that we're negotiating with. And we need to remind ourselves there are always multiple choice options here. That immediately gets us to at least an energetic perspective and mindset where we can start exploring what that looks like. So this brings me to the second criterion. It's understanding values. I talk about values values all the time because they make my experience so much simpler. If you want a certain uh, budgetary value, let's say you want $10 for my time, and I want $1,000 for my time, we're at an impasse. That could look like an either or. Absolutely. You cannot, you're not willing to invest in my, I don't want to say perceived value because ultimately you don't perceive me as being that valuable or maybe whatever. It's getting a little complicated. It's never, again, it's never that, that black and white, right or wrong, good or bad, yes or no. It's nuanced forever and always. And I think that's one of when we move into this new world business building, we're recognizing there isn't one right way, no one way. And in fact, there will always be multiple choice options. So we test, we iterate, we improve, and we test again. If you want the best outcomes that actually surprise all participants in this negotiation, we'd firstly need to understand what is most important to us. What do we really want out of this? This is what constructive relationship building is. Some of the hardest conversations I have had in my professional career were not only the best, most pivotal moments of my life and of my success, but I am now diehard, loyal, supportive, and contributive to those individuals, even though they've said the gnarliest things I've ever heard about myself, about my business, about my circumstance, right? Just because it is uncomfortable doesn't make it bad. And ultimately, what we shared was a confidence in doing better. And that sometimes recognizes like, that's not what's happening right now. If one party walks away victorious and the other feels like a loser, especially in business, this will influence 
everything following. One of my clients was um, in a negotiation with a service provider and they were so afraid of the service provider talking shit about them. They had a reputation for it that they were willing to continue engaging with this individual at their own expense, at their own, and not just expense in terms of dollar amounts, but their business was suffering, their team was suffering, their clients were suffering, right? So then the question doesn't become, how do we continue martyring ourselves in order for this other person to feel like they're winning? We have to ask ourselves, how can we create multiple choice options here where there is a win, win, win? And that step, in order to get from martyrdom to widespread and wide felt success, we have to believe that's a possibility. So this is where active listening and empathy is really important. And I think that again, an old world business, like, you know, business is impersonal and feelings shouldn't matter and don't bring your life into the negotiation. I just simply don't think that's how the human experience works. And of course we are going to get heated. And we are going to say things we might not mean. And we are going to become combative when we feel like something that's really important to us is, is unavailable. And we've used that tactic many, many times to get what we want. We People use force. They use uh, physical, I don't want to say violence, but there are, there are many, many ways that we have habitually and systemically tried to get our way. And guess what? It's not working. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd all be living in a utopia. So the only thing I'm ever asking and reiterating is try something different and keep trying until it works. I think we all are in agreement here that old world business isn't working anymore. So are you willing to try something different? Rapport in a negotiation means a harmonious relationship or connection between people. This assumes a level of trust understanding and connection that is established by the parties. You look at some other cultures and the, the intention, the, the delicacy, the respect that is a part of every single conversation, especially in business is divine. And the reason for that is this, this innate understanding that when we feel appreciated, when we feel heard and respected, we can disagree. We can agree to disagree. And we can do this in a manner where we are hearing each other out empathically and empathetically. And we are seeking to understand the other's needs and purpose. That's building rapport. It is especially important in business and negotiation because this creates the positive atmosphere that leads to better outcomes. If we want to create a win-win-win, we need rapport. We need trust. We need understanding. And that isn't something that just happens. There needs to be the intention and purpose of creating that. Oftentimes in negotiation, actually, let me rephrase, every time, no negotiation happens in one conversation. Lots of work has been done leading up to that. When I am in my property development negotiations, when I am in my investment negotiations, when I am in my business partnership negotiations, when I am negotiating with my staff and employees, the first thing I always try to figure out is what is the motivation for this conversation? Why are you having this conversation? What do you want to get out of it? The amount of times I've asked an agent or another leader, what's the motivation? And they're like, what do you mean? 
how can you possibly hire someone or motivate somebody to work for you or realize some type of a value exchange without understanding what's in it for them? <laughs> like, what's their motivation? I can't create a good deal if I don't know why you're selling, if I don't know why you want out, if I don't know why you're saying yes. So with that, we can improve our communication. And obviously it's through communication that a negotiation even occurs. So personally, I like to think of a negotiation as a discussion because, and I think if there's one thing I would like you to take away from this, if you don't feel like you're winning, you hit pause. Uh, I learned this from my Eastern European father, but when he's negotiating like price on a, you know, an item, if he, if he, he, gosh, watching him negotiate with artists breaks my heart. But, you know, when he goes into a shop and he wants to buy something, he always negotiates for it. And one of his techniques is he walks out. <laughs> like, and we all experience that as like, oh my God, it's so final, but it's because he knows it's not. And what he's saying is, hey, we haven't reached an agreement that I feel good about. I'm out. And he'll go and think about it. He has his own, I have no idea what's going on in that man's head. It's insane, but that's his process. You have permission to do that too, my friend. If at any point you feel like it's not going in the direction that you want it to go, you're uncomfortable. You need some time to get your thoughts together. You want to do some research. You need to take a beat. It's getting really emotional. You're getting really emotional. Hit pause. If we can't create the win, 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 nobody plays. That's it. So with that, let's get into some actual strategies and tactics you can use in a negotiation, in a discussion, knowing if firstly, you're really uncomfortable by it, you're intimidated by it, label those emotions, right? And then secondly, if it gets out of control, if you start to shut down, if you notice a fight, fight, fawn, or freeze response, take a beat. And you can even let them know, hey, my goal with this is we all walk away feeling like we've gained something here. If at any point I lose sight of that, I might hit pause on this. We might need to have another discussion around this. Someone might propose a negotiation with you. You might get a supervising manager or a business partner or a personal relationship saying, hey, I need to talk to you. And you can, you can again, make your boundaries known. Okay, do what is it that you're looking for? What's this conversation about? Oh, you know, it's a really big deal. I want to do this in person. Okay, please become, please be aware if I get overwhelmed at any point or I feel like I am um, losing track of, of the whole point of this, I might, I might need to step away. So I'm just respecting my own boundaries and doing my best to upskill my negotiation technique. So this is from Chris Voss, never split the difference. I always want to call it leave nothing on the table. I don't know why. I go through this with everybody because when we were first, a lot of us are very, very mental. We've been programmed and trained to be very, very mental our entire lives and not just our lives, but our, our caretakers' lives, our communities' lives, our culture's lives. So we immediately go to intellectualizing everything. And that's cool. It, it, it took me years to recognize, like people would say, how are you feeling? And I'd be like, well, I've been talking a lot. My voice is a little sore. Um, you know, I have a lot that I need to get done. So yeah, I mean, I'm feeling a busy... No, that's not, those aren't feelings. That's describing a situation. Now I can tell you acutely what is happening in my body. It's, it's like a, a second awareness. I don't even know how to describe it, but that like, that took me a minute. So tactical empathy is an incredibly powerful technique to use, especially if you're dealing 
with an old world business participant, a normie, <laughs> a muggle, right? Someone who, is, who has yet to really understand their emotional experience, their emotional body, that kind of mind-heart connection, right? They're bringing a head, their head to a heart party, as Jessa Reed would like to say. So with tactical empathy, we, we're, we're um, exploring a very simple way to build rapport. We're asking questions, we're identifying the emotions in the room, but we're also not making assumptions. So tactical empathy is three very, very simple steps. You literally word for word, word repeat what was just shared. You want to sell this property for $1.8 million. My sense is this development has been sitting in your portfolio as a loss and a liability for the last three years because I walk past it every day and it hasn't sold. And you had a target number that in mind. But I'm curious if you feel confident that this property still represents that amount of value. I read into the situation and I, cause I'm feeling some doubt, some uncertainty that is being masked with force and aggression. I stay silent after that. So you repeat what they say. You're asking 1.85, but the reality is, is this property hasn't sold in years. It is a blight on your balance sheet and you're being a little aggressive right now. Perhaps you're making up for the fact that you don't, you know, you're not going to get the number you had in mind. Two things are going to happen. One, they're going to disagree with you <laughs> and they're going to tell you something you didn't already know. The thing about them disagreeing with you is that then makes them think you're, they're in control. That's what that energy, that force, aggressive, binary energy is all about control. You've now given them control. But when you give somebody control, who's really in control? Ooh, right? So the other thing that'll happen is they agree with you. You're in control in either instance. Now you're guiding the conversation. You have just taken ownership of this discussion. You're going to learn something they don't already know. I'm sorry. You're going to learn something you don't already know. They might also say something they don't even know. So, you know, in this, this very real world example that I'm giving you, the individual said, well, I'm trying to think of how exactly they came back. What we ended up discovering was that there was a $300,000 grant that was available that was baked into the selling price. And so they were willing to come down, which was by no means. Well, actually, no, they did that, that started to get them down into like my target level, but it, it's, it opened up a discussion while there's actually, we could probably go 1.55 considering there's a grant and so we'll get that grant. We'll ensure that that's part of the deal. That actually became the way that we were able to get out of this deal nine months later. Oh my God, it was insane. But the point is what you're doing is you're building rapport. They feel heard because you are literally repeating them. You are then in intuiting. You are taking that active listening up a notch to empathic listening by identifying the emotions in the room. And then you shut your mouth. You let them do the work. This is why like you'll hear in like old school, old world negotiation, like you never make the price and you'll have two people just sitting there staring at each other. It's a giant pissing contest. I don't know about you, but I'm not, I'm not going to whip my dick out in the middle of a negotiation. Uh, I'm perfectly happy to keep that conversation going and get creative about it so that I can ensure we're all moving towards our desired destinations. In Harvard's program of negotiation, they say that building trust is critical because it helps to reduce the risk of misunderstandings and deception. 
When parties trust each other, they are more likely to be open and honest about their needs and interests, which can lead to better outcomes on both sides. Trust also reduces tension and increases the likelihood of reaching an agreement. So do you see how this is all layering and compounding? When we're committed to actually creating a space that feels safe, so both people can ask for what they need, everybody gets what they want. Start there. If someone jumps to, we want 1.85 million, okay, cool, why? (laughs) Well, we're selling the property. We put the property on the market, it's obvious. I'm hearing you think this is an obvious sell. I'm curious why it hasn't sold yet. And I'm assuming you're feeling doubtful about that. No, I'm hyper-confident in this property. It's absolutely worth its value. Then why hasn't it sold? (laughs) Like, do you see how you can start asking these questions? Why do you need this to move this property now? If you're so confident about it, what's the opportunity here? Safety and trust are crucial in negotiations because they create this environment where both parties feel comfortable. And when doing this, you work towards a common goal. Alan Sang is a negotiation expert and he notes that feeling safe is essential for people to be willing to engage in negotiation. When you talk to like hostage negotiators, they always, what are your demands? We want safety. We want to be uh, extradited. We want to make sure that we're not going to get, you know, imprisoned, things like they establish that first. So with super successful discussions and negotiations, people are focused on the relationship. They build trust into the conversation with every single exchange that they have. This assures greater satisfaction, improved outcomes, and importantly, confidence. That's why I ask you to identify how you're feeling about this from the outset. If you're feeling confident, that suggests you feel safe, you feel clear, and you understand what this discussion is really about. I personally believe in my, and and this is absolutely my bias, but it's always a values conflict. Something that's really important to me is simply at odds with something that's important to you. So the question then becomes, well, how do we both get what we want? And so often it's exploration of value. You want a certain dollar amount. I want a certain result. I want a certain dollar amount. You want a certain savings. Okay. So then we need to move outside of the financials. Like the example I gave at the beginning, if you have $10 and I want $1,000, that is a significant discrepancy. And also I know how we could work with each other for $10. And I know that when I prove my value in one way, shape or form, you would have $1,000. I do that because I'm able to explore every potential opportunity available, right? So, uh, please, please bring awareness to the assumptions you have around a negotiation. Look back at what's occurred to you in your past, what you keep telling yourself about your ability to advocate for yourself or or potentially the person that you're having this discussion with, their ability to hear you or understand you or appreciate you and start to explore multiple choice answers. That is going to ask you to take a leap of faith to believe it's possible. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate this negotiation of your time for my ideas. And if you want more of that, you can find me in the Discord container. Also, I always forget to do this. Like, subscribe, share. Sharing is caring. I'm sure I'm doing something real cool. Check out NicoleBZ.com to figure out what that is. And until next time we connect... 
I appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here. I honestly would not do this without you. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.